All right, so at the end of the last episode, we said that we'll be back, I don't know when, and now it's two weeks later, and a pile of news has come out this week about hockey. Not even just hockey, sports in general, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, everything has happened in the last two weeks, and we missed it all, but we're going to be covering all that hockey stuff right now. Um, Lots of management, lots of management news here to unfold, lots of head coaching uh, news to unfold. I guess the first one, we can start off with the most recent news that happened today. Dave Tippett has been relieved of his duties from the Edmonton We'll get to Montreal in a second. I think we should leave that for last because that's probably what we're going to talk about the most. But Dave Tippett is finally fired from the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I, I don't know what to think of this, Joe. Like, I don't know how this makes them a better team tomorrow, in my opinion. Like, I know he's part of the problem and stuff, but... I just don't know how you need another head coach, another voice in the locker room for these guys to wake up. Like, is is it me for is it me just saying that, or like you think that too? Yeah, like like you said, he was definitely like part of the problem. But their main problem, and it's all the GM's fault, which we'll get to later, is goaltending, and the fact that they're throwing a forty-year-old goalie on back-to-back nights versus Chicago and they the offense scores one goal and they lose that was the breaking point that got Tippett fired um his press conferences of defending Smith and like ripping Koskinen just don't paint him in the greatest light either but that team has like a billion problems and Tippett was one of them but hiring um Jay Woodcroft to take over I guess for the rest of the season I didn't even hear about him for today but apparently he was the AHL coach um so he gets a promotion there but I don't know how much that's gonna fix I mean they're really sliding out of a playoff spot in a pretty freaking weak division so if they can't figure it out and, and make the playoffs at the very least then there's gonna be some wholesale changes there I think well there better be I mean, like if the two best players in the world when they're at their best and you're gonna make the playoffs like that's ridiculous yeah, and then it is with Jay Warcraft, yeah, no one knows who he is, but like at the same time, like I wish they just brought in a guy, like you know his name, you know what he's gonna do, but at the same time, you can't bring in a guy because you're just gonna fire him two years later, and he's such a good coach. He was a good coach with the team he was previously coaching. Like it's just a revolving door of nonsense in that uh, in that team. We've talked about it here. I've talked about it on my other podcast. We've talked about it in group chats. We talked about it in person. Like it's just. A revolving door of not good news and it stems from the gm like why isn't this guy being like fired like are you kidding me this guy is his fault he brought in evander kane it's worked so far he's got a few points here or there but the main problem is goaltending and he hasn't done it yet he's probably going to be desperate at the deadline get some depth scoring and get a goaltender but at what price to miss the playoffs like how much is corpus Allo an upgrade yeah, or even someone like Jake Allen. Like, I, I don't understand. So, my issue is obviously Ken Holland. The coaching, yeah, it affected the team. But what is another guy going to do? This, the players are the same people on the ice. You got to change it. You got to make some change. If they make the playoffs, Joe, like you said, holy hell. <laughs> that, that, this is going to be a disaster of an offseason. Like, we thought McDavid was going to ask for a trade after 18-19 where he got injured in the last game. They missed the playoffs horrifically. And we, we said that then. How about now? Like, worse now. Way worse. Yeah, like, 
the guy is 25. He's been in the league seven years. He's won one playoff round, and he's considered or he is the best player in the in the world. And like, to be fair to to Edmonton, he hasn't played great either recently. Um, but he's far from the problem on the team. <laughs> um, I don't like. There's like a stat. It's like he's already on his fourth head coach. This is his seventh year. Nugent Hopkins, his boy, who for some reason decided to re-sign long-term in Edmonton, is now on his 12th coach in 11 seasons. 12! Oh, my God. Like you know about that shit franchise. I don't get it. It's just a revolving door of nonsense. And... And I think that's like, especially this year and last year, I think it's like the NHL has shined, at least the fans and people on Twitter and the media and stuff like that have shined a lot more light on this team than ever before. Obviously McDavid helps, but they're just getting beaten down by everyone right now. So it's not a good look at Edmonton. Um, Yeah. I don't know what the next move is getting a goalie. Do you overpay? Do you overpay for depth pieces? I don't know, but they're going to do it because you got, you have the best two players in the world. You've got to win. So uh, that's enough of Edmonton. We could go to Montreal now. I think this is happy news. You go you go announce it. All right. So even though the guy barely lasted a year, somehow was the coach of them getting to the finals and has put together the worst season in franchise history so far. Dom Ducharme has thank fucking finally been fired. Even though he's been there for a year, it's felt like 20 because – of how bad they've been this year and how much the players like legitimately don't like them. Like Petrie and Gallagher and, and Anderson have spoken about how bad the systems are and that they basically send shots saying like, it's not rocket science and stuff like that. Those are direct shots at the coach. So clearly the, the veteran players at the very least didn't get along with him. He's thankfully removed, even like, even though they went on the run, they had a losing record going into the playoffs and barely made it because they were under 500 even when he took over. So they got super lucky to even go on the run and to even make it in the first place. And then the run, I honestly think, was just the veteran leadership on the team and Price carried them, them all the way to the finals. Those guys, like Price playing unbelievable. Weber, Edmondson, Petrie was still playing well. Then you have Stahl, Perry, um, and all those guys – that just they kind of were like the leadership group of the team and even like think about it like Ducharme missed half the Vegas series because he got COVID and they won like two out of the three games that he wasn't there so that's all you need to really know about how much of an impact he really really made during that run I thought he was okay to be hired as an interim and he did well as an interim but the actual I guess analytics and all that shouldn't have gave him an extension, but you had to give him an extension because he just went to the final. So I understand why they did it, but I was not happy they gave him an extension still. And it proved to be a disaster. I mean, it's not all his fault because the team's been pathetic and injuries, COVID and all that. And they lost a lot of guys in the offseason. But now we can go on to the new hire. And it's someone who hasn't even coached semi-professional hockey in his life. He's a Hall of Fame player. Born in Quebec, raised as a Habs fan, it's Marty St. Louis, who's taking over as the interim job for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know what to think of this hire. 
he has no coaching experience beyond like his son's teams. Literally, they basically said that today in his press conference. But he knows how players operate. He knows how to get the most out of skilled guys in the sense that because he was one and he was undersized. And he kind of knows like, for example, someone like Caulfield has been awful this year. Maybe he can give him some pointers because he was small and getting into the league and how to make space for himself and get him some confidence back, which was destroyed by Ducharme. Then you have the fact that he's a hard ass, mm-hmm. even as a player. He's kept in great shape because that's the kind of how he operates. He wants like physical and mental strength of his Set players. Set an example, I guess, I guess what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a good example. He said he wants to have fun the rest of the year. He also, there was a clip I saw literally just before I got on. He talked about the difference between structure and system. Yeah, I heard that. That in the system, skilled players, they get all their reads taken away. And the fact that if something isn't available to them, according to the system, they're not allowed to do a certain play, this or that. But in a structure, it gives the, the, the skilled players more freedom. This is how the Leafs play. And if you look at how Babcock coach and how Keith coaches, why do you think all those players took the next step in their development? It's because they play in a structure where they're playing a lot of minutes at night. They're getting all the opportunities, offensive zone, the way they move around the offensive zone. That's new age thinking. And that's mm-hmm. something that St. Louis said he wants to get into with analytics and all that too. Yeah. And like perfect example of structure versus system, New York Islanders. Look at Matt Barzell. There's no, there's no surprise that, he went from 85 points to now a 50-point guy. He plays a system, right? Like like you just said. That's what St. Louis wants to get away from, from players that shouldn't be in a system like Cole Caulfield. Like one goal, seven assists for eight points this year, ridiculous. He's going he's gonna to be playing better. He's going to be playing better minutes, and he's going to be on the power play more often now. So I think that's one guy we have to look forward to uh, for the rest of the season to, quote-unquote, have fun from Marty St. Louis. But when I first saw it, I was like, what is – like, what? What is that higher? Because he's never coached before. But at the same time, you think at the back of your head, you're like, okay, this guy's one of the best players because he's in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the most respected players, most respected human beings in hockey for the last couple of years. And he's going to be a player's coach. He said it in his, in his press conference. He's going to help the players. Like you just said, Joe, system versus structure. That's the player's coach. Like He's going to adapt to what his players can do and what when they can't do. That's what I think Marty St. Louis is in there for. So I, I honestly kind of like it. Like, I, I hope we're seeing a little bit of trend here where we're not going with the old timer or the older guy with more experience to kind of go into a, a locker room and make a difference that they thought would have been a difference a few years ago that it's just, it just can't work right now. I hope we're seeing that trend of young coaches, young former NHL players come in here and make a difference on a team, especially a player like Marty St. Louis. So. We'll see how it goes. You're not going to see the Marty St. Louis effect this year because, you know, maybe you will. You'll maybe see a few tweaks here and there, maybe more less pathetic losses, right? I think you agree agree with that, but I don't think we're going to see the full effect. I think it's next year we see Marty St. Louis as a head coach, and I do think he's going to be signed as a head coach for next year because why the hell would they pounce so quickly? to The the Dom Ducharme tweet was like 30 minutes before – they hired Marty St. Louis. Why yeah. do you think that? Is because they got their guy. 
Yeah, so I like all the tweets came out yesterday. It's like, oh yeah, we'll hear in a few. We'll, we'll hear later tonight. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll wait in like three, four, or five hours, like later tonight. Then like an hour later, it's like, yeah, he's the interim head coach. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so like apparently, what happened? Like, they, I, I don't know if they said this today exactly, but the report was like, the last two weeks they've kind of been talking about it with him, like this opportunity, and then like, the All Star break happened. They kept talking, and then that. They played like complete shit versus the Devils, who were on a back to back and are shit themselves and got blown out seven one. And they just said that's that's the end of Ducharme. Like that's a joke. And they had to do it immediately. They kept saying they were gonna keep Ducharme the rest of the year. I didn't like that because you never should secure or you should never say you're gonna keep a coach secure, especially if you're a new management coming mm-hmm. in. And with how bad they've been, you can't guarantee this guy will finish it. I know they're paying like 50 people right now to not be with the organization. I could care less because the owner owns all yeah, the beer in the yeah. country. So like, I could care less. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is. <laughs> like, we'll see what happens. They have nothing to lose. I just want them to play better and not lose 7-1 every other fucking game because they've allowed five plus goals 20 <laughs> times this year. They've played like they saw 30 games left. I can't, I can't take that anymore. They, if they can just lose competitive, the young guys at least like start producing a like Caulfield Suzuki plays better. Maybe they get some other younger guys in the lineup after the trade deadline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. Like it's already a lost season. As long as they play better, that's all yeah. I care about. Yep, exactly. That's what I wanted from the Maple Leafs when they did that rebuild phase. And at the end of, I think it was 15, 16, you saw the young guys come up, you saw them play better, and you saw a brighter light at the end of the tunnel. So I guess that's what you want from the Habs uh, at the end of the season. Uh, I guess we could kind of mention that the Cavalier is in the mix to become an assistant GM. Uh, That's been reported. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's probably like more confirmed than not. So we're seeing the Tampa Bay duo, man, come back to Montreal and kind of kick things off with the management, man. It's gonna be good. I know it's it is it's funny because like they're both from Quebec and like back in the day, there month before the Cavi resigned in Tampa, they actually there was a I don't know if it was a deal in place, but they were gonna trade like Subban and like Pacioretty for the Cavier or something, which would have been a disaster because the Cavier like halfway through that Tampa contract like started to really decline. Yep, that but is now correct. they got him. So it's all good. <laughs> that's true. All right. Um, we could talk about the all-star game. We could talk about that. Um, Claude Giroux won MVP of the all-star games. Uh, so he played two games and then Zegras and Hughes, Hughes, sorry. Um, they both got robbed on that breakaway challenge. Um, the hometown guy, Alex Petrangelo won that. Um, his move was absolutely horrendous. I, I didn't get it. He didn't, he missed the net for God's sake. Um, but John Hamm gave him a 19. So that's how he won. Um, but yeah, Metro won the all-star game as well. Uh, online people said it is a better all-star game is more entertaining I agree but you got to fulfill on the entertainment you got to sort of go through 100% with that and I don't think they did that so it wasn't really my cup of tea these all this all-star game I know it wasn't yours but Zegers Hughes got robbed for sure on that breakaway 100% like they brought there's a reason why they were in the breakaway challenge because they're young and they're creative and both were really good, especially Zegers. Like, that was insane, the actual move itself. Never mind just the whole dodgeball sequence. Mm. Like, clearly, the guy was so pumped to get picked for the breakaway challenge. Like, practice the shit out of that. 
and it and it went in like who knows if you could actually see through the blindfold or I not know, but yeah. mm-hmm. it it was amazing though having like the mascot throw the dodgeballs at him I don't know how that didn't win yeah, that's crazy. You're never going to see that. Actually, you probably will see that again because Zegris is probably going to go in the other all-star game and just do that again. So, yeah. yeah, another all-star game, another waste of time, I guess you could say, because the filming was just awful. Like, you just knew they were pre-recording the, the 21. Were pathetic. That as well. That as well. So, moving on from the all-star game, we can go into the supposedly all-star that was probably supposed to be there. Now he's not. Um, Brad Marchand, suspended Again, six games for his stupidity on Tristan Yari on Tuesday night. Um, did you think this was fair, unfair, or ridiculous for Brad Marchand to get this six-game suspension? Well, I'll say the act was ridiculous, but the, in the terms of why the hell would you do that? Because you guys lost again to Pittsburgh because they can't beat Pittsburgh. Um, but... Again, you got suspended earlier this year for a slufa. Why do you have to do something dumb like that? Uh, your team, Boston in general, has not been as strong as in previous years. You could already start to see the decline of that team in terms of being a dominant team. They're still going to make the playoffs, I would think, like in the, the wild card spots potentially as they are right now. But like, who knows? Like Maybe they go 0-6 or they lose like most of these games. And that's the reason they missed the playoffs because that's mm-hmm. the things you go back to think about. Mm-hmm. Like the six games is way too much in my opinion. Like the guy honestly barely touched Jerry and the guy flopped. Let's be real here. But this, the act itself, like going up to him and like actually hitting him with your glove and your stick and whatever, that was so stupid. Like I think he should have got like two to three games. But the fact that he already got three games like two months ago, obviously he's a repeat offender and that added on to it. Yeah, that's what he got suspended for more, like I said yesterday. <laughs> like, the act is like any other player, it's a fine. Maybe may, maybe one game for that guy. But since he repeated himself again, it's six games. And he is now the most suspended player of in NHL history, I believe. He passed Chris Bronger. Really? Yep. That's awesome. So I think Chris Bronger had seven or eight and he, I, I think he tied him or Pat. It's not a good stat. It's not a good thing to be known for, but you can still like, like Chris Bronger, you could still make the hall of fame, even though you got suspended multiple, multiple times. So Brad yeah. Marchand in the book again, uh, I'm going to go unfair just based on what happened, but fair in the sense of the repeat offender, but we can move yeah. on to other Bruins news and Annette. Tuka Rask has retired from hockey officially. Um, obviously, at the beginning of the year, there was concerns whether he was going to come back, and he obviously made the comeback, and the comeback was very short uh, due to the – I think it was his leg injury – or hip, sorry, right? Yeah, it's like he re-aggravated it. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, when you get old, when you have a lot of miles on your body, a lot of hard miles on your body like Tuka Rask did, that usually happens. And, you know, I, I feel bad for Tukras because he, he ultimately put in the work this summer, uh, getting back into shape, getting back into hockey, and then ultimately just a few weeks going down again. So he's retired officially. I think he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. You think he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. Why do you think he's a Hockey Hall of Famer? Because there was a stat that came out today. I, was, I said yes as of yesterday when the announcement came out, but then there was another stat today that the Bruins social team actually put out there. And that he, out of like 300 games played, like minimum the stat, he has the third highest save percentage in NHL history. 
history. Like, mm-hmm. he's only behind Hasek and, like, I can't recall the second guy, but Hasek was first, someone was second, yeah, he was third at 921. So he's a career 921 goalie, which is, I think, a Hall of Famer. Plus, he won a Vesna when he was at, you know, in his prime, at his peak in the mid-2010s. He won a Jennings. They went to the finals twice with him as the starting goal. He obviously didn't win, but I wouldn't blame it on him. He was a key part in them getting there. Mm-hmm. Very consistent. Never really had a bad year, sort of say. Um, obviously started to slow down due to age and just lots of games played. Um, but he had a hell of a career. He is one of like, the best Finnish goalie, one of the best Finnish goalies of all time. I think he has an Olympic bronze medal. Uh, I think. No, he doesn't. Sure. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and then who did they? Does he have a bronze Olympic? I mean, what's it called? The hockey cup? World Cup of hockey. Yeah. Did they win? Bronze? <laughs> I, don't, I, I honestly don't think they played a, a bronze medal game because I think they're too cheap just to organize that for the World Cup oh, of hockey. Oh my lord, that's ass. Okay, anyway, so he has at least Olympic bronze. Well, but... he he would have never played a world championship either because the Bruins were always in the playoffs, right? Yeah, they're always in the playoffs, except for those few years there where they were kind of in the transition period when Pasternak came in and, and Lucic and Horan left. That was a transition period for the core. But yeah, like he's just been super consistent. One of the best goalies in Bruins franchise history at the least. So maybe he's not a first ballot guy, but he has to get in, I think, at some point. I mean, he could have played longer, but just the health wasn't there. He's only like 35, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I know a lot about Chukaras. A lot of playoff series versus that guy. A lot of regular seasons versus that guy. You know him, too, because that Game 7 great Montreal Bruins uh, series in 2014. You know him from then. But Leafs legend, he's going to retire as a Leaf. I'm calling it right now. He's going to go back home and retire at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. And he's going to retire. No, I'm just kidding. Bruins, for sure, man. Like, this guy was a – he's a legend. He's a living legend for the Boston Bruins in that, for sure. Um but yeah, it's sad to see him go, man. Like he, he just like, you know, when you have those guys you play and they just like, oh fuck, I hate playing against this guy. Like that's what I'm gonna do when Marshan Bergeron and now Rask retired. Like I'm like shit, man. Like those are good times battling those boys. Yeah, it's like me and Tom Brady. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> very true. But sad to see Tuka go. Um, another news. This is the most stupidest news I think I've ever read in my life. But let's just read it. The Arizona Coyotes are happily to agree to a, to spend, I can't read it to spend the next three seasons at ASU Arena. So, if you don't know what ASU Arena is, I think it's a newly built hockey facility for the Arizona Red Devils, the or Sun Devils, sorry, the university or college, or whatever they have there. And I was reading more into it; thought it was gonna be bigger. It is five thousand seats, so at least they won't have at least they'll be fully packed <laughs> but Maybe. are we seriously getting massive franchises going into that town and playing in front of 5,000 fans on a daily basis like really guys is that what we're up to right now it's pathetic it's so pathetic and the fact that it's not even just a temporary one year thing it's a three season <laughs> agreement like, okay, I get the facility is brand new, but 5,000, that's like if the Jays played at Buffalo. That's Yeah, exactly what I thought. Years. 
exactly what I thought. Even though they were they were forced to play in Buffalo because of COVID in this country is a joke, but they're like it doesn't make sense. Like Glendale basically kicked this team out of its arena, and now it's just, the arena is just gonna sit there with nothing in it because they don't really have any other sports. They don't have a basketball team. They have the Phoenix Suns, but that's in Phoenix, so it's completely different. It's just like why are you backing this team still? Like, they don't provide anything good for the league. Like, a few years ago, they had that scandal. They got all these picks. Now they have a bright future. But they've had a bright future three times throughout their whole franchise, and nothing has come out of it. So what's the difference now, playing in front of 5,000 fans? I guess so. Like, how was the – I'm thinking, like, how was the broadcast going to be set up? Like, are they going to fit everything in there? 5,000 is less than the Steelheads. Like – it's like, yeah, it's like the Leafs playing at Paramount. It's more. This is less. I don't get it. Like, how did they, how are they allowing that, first of all? Like, how do they go, okay, that's a good idea, you know? And Gary's like, fucking right, let's go. My God, but. Good Lord. What get a disaster. Mish, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's one of the most stupidest news I've ever read. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know, but it, it's just bad right now. Um, yeah, those are the big news we have to talk about. Quick news: Canada women's is dominating the Olympics. I don't know if you watch the games, but they're on fire. That game versus US was really, good, really good. And then Canada men's opened their tournament versus Germany. That was this morning at eight a.m. They beat them. I believe it was six-one. So both teams are men's are off to a good start. Women's are going to the quarterfinals. I think they play Sweden tonight or tomorrow. I'm not too sure, I think but it's tomorrow morning at eight. Okay, so it's tomorrow morning. Um, yeah, both teams look pretty good, Ren. Yeah, the women's just kicked ass. Like, I think it was like four games played. They had like 33 goals for. Like, the first two games were just like embarrassing, to be honest. And then obviously the game against the U.S., which is the the tune-up for the gold medal, basically. Um, that was a close game. Pelan was clutch that game. Scored a – was it a – it was a penalty shot, but was it a shorthanded or – You know what? I think it might have been actually – I think it was shorthanded penalty shot. So it was three, two. So she kind of added the insurance. So, I mean, the clutchest player in women's sports history for hockey, just added again. She's still in her prime, obviously not scoring a million goals and points like some of her other teammates, but I mean, yeah, the women's are rolling. The men's got off to a good start today. Like you said, I obviously didn't watch that because I was at work, but uh, I think didn't uh, Daniel Winnick score? Yeah, Daniel Winnick, Eric O'Dell, you know, the familiar faces, man. They're scoring goals. Yes, Winnick. Yeah, but it, it, I'm excited the Olympics is back. Obviously, no NHL players, but what are you going to do? Hockey's hockey. But anyways, um, speaking of women's kind of, Cami Granado, she was a USA legend. She is now joining the Canucks front office as an assistant GM. They're not calling it that, but it's basically assistant GM. Um, so she was with Seattle, I believe, right, to the start of the year? Yeah, so, like, when Seattle was announced, she was, like, like head of pro scouting. So she, like, helped with picking people for their expansion draft, essentially. I think that's what her role was. I don't know if – I don't think she played a role in the actual decision, but it was more, like, who's available, what can they add, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it was a short time there, cup of coffee in Seattle. Um, yeah. But when you get the call for an assistant GM job, basically, in you know what they call their family's hometown because Ray lives there, um, I think you got to take it. Like it's an awesome, awesome hire for the Vancouver Canucks. They're they're really putting a a really good statement in for women's in sports, and 
Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have hired a lot of people. There's got to be change on the ice for sure. You got to get better players. But until then, they've uh, built quite the staff there. Um, Barube, head coach in St. Louis, he re-upped for three more years as the head coach of St. Louis. Flyers named Danny Briere, basically also the assistant general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. I thought it was. I thought. I thought he was going to Montreal. I was convinced he was, but I thought so too. But. I guess not. I guess the team he played for for a lot of years, the team I believe it was Montreal he ended and then it was Colorado and then it was Philadelphia basically was like the, Yeah, Philly guess, was what he was known for. Yeah, yeah. So Danny Bray is assistant gen, general manager there. Benny LeCavalier, advisor to the Canadians, not confirmed. Um, and did you, did you see that beef on Twitter? <laughs> that was amazing. So I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but I, like EJ Reddick or something? And Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff. It's weird to think he's part of the Daily Faceoff. But anyways, they had some Twitter beef going back and forward about the uh, – it was the Montreal Canadiens, correct? Yeah, it was about Dom Ducharme specifically, yeah. <laughs> so I don't I, even – I tracked it last night. Like, it was, like, way after, like, all the St. Louis was announced. But it was more so the fact, like, like EJ Reddick or however you say it, like, he, he's from the NHL Network. Like, basically, like, oh, yeah, like, Ducharme is, like, not a winner. Like, he, like, basically, like, ripped his character, which was, like, kind of uncalled for because the guy's, like, a, a professional analyst, like, mm-hmm. chill. Like, and then Frank's, like, basically roasts him. He's, like, yeah, you're roasting his character, even though he won, like, World Junior Gold and then, like, the Memorial Cup stuff, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, all that. And then, he, and then EG is, like, yeah, but he obviously couldn't take the next step at the next level in terms of, like, staying and, like, basically saying he ruined his NHL career because of how bad they were this year. And it's, like, you don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> and then Frank, like, roasted him. He's, like, why are you taking shots at me? I know way more hockey than you ever do. <laughs> or something like that. It's, like, it's like, it takes a – he's, like, you're such a small guy for, like, insulting my hockey knowledge or something like that. But it was, I was like, holy smokes. Yeah, very unethical, um, non-mature Twitter battle. Uh, not from Frank Cervalli. Frank Cervalli was just getting in there and stating his point. But the other guy, I don't know what he was doing. Um, yeah. But injuries and COVID have come into play again. Obviously, the All-Star break kind of affects the COVID part. But I'll just go through the names. Uh, Ovechkin injured. Bergeron day-to-day. Stone day-to-day. Matthews was day-to-day. Malkin COVID, Jack and Quinn Hughes COVID, Pionk COVID, Dubois COVID, Heronic COVID. I think there's more, but those are the main guys. Um, it's cl- clearly a trend. The Hughes brothers, the Jets, uh, they're kind of, you know, Dubois and Pionk, I guess, are hanging out, close contact. They were on probably vacation or something. Uh, so they'll be out for, I think, the next two games. So that affects the poor Jets. I know that they just won last game, right? Hullabuck won. Yeah, they got a shutout. Yeah, so that's good news for the Jets, but not good news for the COVID uh, guys on their list. But lots of day-to-day injuries. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, so I guess we could go to our awards. The Hard Hat Award awarded to the best player in the NHL in this past week of play. Mine is a goaltender who should get a lot of praise in the last two weeks since we last recorded. Um, I don't know this, but I looked. Jacob Markstrom has three shutouts in the last two weeks, and he's only played three games. Or four games, uh, something like that. That's messed up. Yeah, so he's playing very well. He's going on a back-to-back tonight again against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, got a shuttle versus Vegas yesterday. And, you know, 
Russo said something on the podcast this morning. I know you're going to, like, if they lost last game, you're not playing him this game. But I guess if you got a shutout and played very well and he's been playing very well, I guess you have to roll the hot hand in a way. But at the same time, you don't really want to run that hot wave and then he goes in the playoffs and he just, oof. but he's playing very well. Jacob Markstrom is playing very well. When Jacob Markstrom is on his game, he is a top 10 goal in the league, maybe even top five, you can argue, but he's been on his game and the guy you have has been on a roll for the Bruins. Yeah. Like Markstrom like has really bounced back. I, I said he would bounce back from, cause he had kind of like a mess season his first year in Calgary, obviously changing, you know, Goalies, it's always tough to adjust, especially going from new teams. Like even like look at someone like Bobrovsky took some time for him to adjust. Now now he's now he's back to his old form. So yep. sometimes it's like goalies that change teams that have been with teams for so long, like Markstrom was with Vancouver, Bobrovsky was with Columbus. The structure, everything is different. So sometimes it's like you need a year to kind of accustomate yourself, but that's a great pick up there from Calgary. And they also basically stole him from Edmonton. <laughs> two off seasons ago that was Imagine the talk of the town last night yeah oh yeah um so my guy has been on a roll like you said it's david pasternak who's absolutely killing me in fantasy <laughs> currently uh the last six games so this is the last time since we recorded he's got five goals five assists for 10 points a bunch of power play goals and game winning goals in there he is the most goals since new year's day in the entire league so the last like six-ish weeks he's basically been the best goal scorer in the league um I mean he's like he's all he's been one of the main bru- reasons why the Bruins were pretty good in January that a pretty good January overall mm-hmm. um but now that Marshan suspended six games Bergeron's day-to-day don't know what's up with him right now um he's gonna be looked upon to carry the load they're playing Carolina right now I actually don't even know if Bergeron's playing no he's not Okay, so, like, it's basically him and, like, a bunch of randoms, especially for the center core that they have right now, mm-hmm. Charlie Coyle. But, yeah, Pasternak's been on a heater. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, we'll go into the bad uh, award we have here, the Golden Plunger. So, flush the toilet. And we have a theme here. We have a big theme here. It's the Edmonton Oilers, no doubt about that, because they're a tire fire. But the guy I have is... Tyson Berry, another defenseman. So I had Neil Pionk before. I have Berry now. Joe, I want you to guess the day Berry got his last NHL point. Like the month? Yeah, like just tell me. Was... Give me a day on when you think his last point came. I'm going to say like December before the shutdown. That would be correct. December 18th was Tyson Berry's last point. Um, so if you don't know who Tyson Berry is, he's making $4.5 million for, I believe, the next three years. Um, they hoped he would fix the power play and he did last year. He was very good this year though. Evan Bouchard has been that guy. Tyson Berry has been pushed to the curb. Um, I, you look at it now in hindsight, you're like, why the hell do we sign this guy? Because we just have Bouchard who's basically Tyson Berry on the power play, but he has been awful this year. Like I, I think, I don't know how many points he has. Let's check. Um, he has 17 points in 38 games, three goals, uh, last year. For example, he had 48 and and 56. I mean, it's very, like, it's a very down season for Tyson Berry. I know that I watched him on the Leafs. You had a down year there, too. And when he has down year, it's a down year. Like, he can't play defense. He can't produce. So, 
Tyson Berry is in one of those years where he can't really do much and he's stuck there. But Edmonton needs to figure it out. Their defense needs to figure it out. They only have a few guys who can figure it out. But the guy on top of the organization, is he going to figure it out, Joe? Because you got him. No, the guy has been the worst GM track record-wise over the last decade, and that's <laughs> good old Kenny Holland. Um, there is a, a video that I've referenced many times, and it's the Steve Dangle podcast video where they talk about the struggling Oilers. This is probably like, about a month ago, this video release, I think. And it's literally all he does is list off the moves, signings, trades, whatever, from Ken Holland from 2012 to current. This is before signing Evander Kane. But, and it's, a, I, I have no clue how he got hired. I did not know it was that bad. If you go back and look at the individual moves he made, he basically destroyed the Red Wings. Yarsman had to trade out or buy out half the contracts that he signed. And now Detroit's uh, on the up and ups. They've been a lot better this year than last year. And then obviously two years ago, they were embarrassing like Montreal is right now. But I mean, he just did so much damage to that organization and then just left it all for Yasmin to clean up, basically, which he's done already in two years, Yasmin has. Um, But, yeah, like, this guy is so overrated as a GM. Like, he came in – like, he obviously was good back in the day, but he came in and inherited, like, one of the best rosters of all time. And, I mean, like, I think his first season was 97 or 96-97. So the year the, they won the cup, the Red Wings I'm talking about, they went back to back. They won in 02, won in 08. In 02, they were able to get like every free agent possible flock to Detroit to go get a cup. And that's what they did. So <laughs> how good of a GM is he? He made some good draft steals with Datsuk and Zetterberg. I can't recall one that he's made recently in the last 10 years. Um, I, th- I think he's just the games passed him by and he – is clueless for the last 10 years in my opinion yeah and he was inducted in the hall of fame this year too so go figure right Whoa. yeah i know uh so that's been our golden plunger we'll go to what you say jason what do we plan what you say. and I-, I couldn't really find anything to be honest but because there's been a lot of news and there hasn't been really much talking about the news except for st louis press conference but I found this Tristan Yari one talking about hot dogs. I don't know. I'm just playing it. Yeah, it's fun. There's hot dogs in the room. It's kind of like hot and hot out here. So it, it's lots of fun. It... <laughs> yeah, not, not much to it. I mean, just explaining why he's at the All-Star game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he kind of hot-dogged it on the Marshan punch. So it kind of plays True. in line with today's episode. True. He was a victim. He flopped a little bit. Just a little bit. He did get hit. He did flop a little bit. We'll go on to the Battle of the Buds where we both – I didn't gain any ground. You 3-0 and again for both of us. Actually, this is the first time in a while we got 3-0. and But both of us went 3-0 and this week with our picks. Yeah, I don't know how I'm winning. Like, I really don't know how I'm winning all this. I'm 21-3. and Like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, so you're 21-3. Um, and three. I'm 15-9. Yeah. and nine. I'll go with my picks. So I have Devils at Blues tonight. Uh, so that starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, Leafs at Kraken, February 14th. So that's the makeup game they're supposed to do. I have the Leafs in that one. And then I have the Preds who are home to the Capitals on February 15th. So I got Lightning at Coyotes, a layup tomorrow. 
then I have a, a coin flip. Actually, no, that's you know, tomorrow. And then I have a coin flip on Saturday with the Hurricanes at Wild. That's literally a coin flip. But I have the Wild winning at home because I have the goalies and I need them because I'm playing the guy who has the Carolina goalie. So that's a must win for me. Um, and then I have Flyers at Penguins. Flyers are a disaster. And I have the Penguins winning at home on February 15th. Yep. Like I mentioned, 21 and three for Joe, 15 and nine for me. We moved to the spicy meatball. I don't think you gave one last week because it was thawing out, but how is it fully thought out this week for a bunch of news related things that's happened? Yeah. So I actually have a pretty good one. And like, obviously we talked about a bunch of news in the terms of like people getting fired, but new type of blood coming in to the NHL. Like they're not, we're, we're kind of stopping well, at least some teams are, the retread of coaches and GMs in certain instances. Actually, wait, 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 wait. We have a clip that we did not mention. This is, this is, honestly, I forgot, have we, honestly forgot about this because I think this was last week. Remember the Rocky Words quote? Yes, yeah, we didn't even mention that. We completely that. forgot about that. So that's why my meatball Okay. Is that this old fucker is going to his, I think his kids are trying to take over the Blackhawks in terms of ownership. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll quick brief. So we didn't play the quote because it was a clip from a news conference that they had a town hall. Yeah. He, he rips a reporter about the Kyle Beach situation, how it's being handled. He explodes at this reporter when he shouldn't be because his, his franchise is a joke currently. Mm-hmm. He explodes and he gets it's such a bad look on the team, him, his family, everyone. Um, on the Steve Dangle podcast, Steve absolutely roasted the hell out of this guy and deservedly so. He's part of the problem. So I'm saying, guys, not just Rocky, but the old guard in the NHL. So that's either owners, GMs, and whatever. Coaches have already kind of started the whole Babcock and Peters thing. Like, I think, like, there's going to be, starting now, like, all this, all this new blood coming in, St. Louis, new ideas, hiring women in, in management roles and coaching roles and analytics roles. Like, all of this is going to kind of evolve even further over the next, like, couple of years where it's going to be a completely new league, a forward-thinking league. Mm -hmm. So that's my, my meatball is essentially, it's kind of long-winded, but, like, we're going to see a big shift in the NHL in the next couple of years in terms of management, coaching, analytics across the board. We're going to basically get rid of all these old guys and replace it with new people. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. It's already started to be quite frankly honest. Uh, we have a few guys who just overdo their stay in Ken Holland, but that's one of them. Rocky works. Another one, I guess you could maybe say, uh, Brian Burke, but I mean, he wasn't that bad. Like he's not that bad of a person, right? Like he's just old, yeah. right? But yeah. a few guys are still in the league, which is unacceptable. Uh, but I think you're right, Joe. Like we're going to see a shift very, very soon, if not maybe this offseason with a lot of moves. We always see it in Canada because I think there was a tweet today of like every head coach has been fired <laughs> in the last 73, 73 days, except for DJ Smith, Sheldon Keefe, and uh, Sutter. So uh yeah i'm gonna say yeah it has to be because that's the right thing to do right you can't i guess let these people just overdo their stay and not do much in what they have with their teams right like they're just not doing anything yeah like even like just the coaches like 
how many times has has Vigneault been hired? Tip it, like old guys that have been around, like recycled, yeah. On, yeah, like a cycle. It's like, okay, you know what they do. Like, why don't you start doing new guys with new ideas like like Keith in Toronto, like a like St. Louis. That's way different than Keith because Keith had coaching experience. But like hiring guys that are outside the box, not, okay, we're going to get one big name coach just because even though if it's not a good fit or whatever. Like look at the Devils, for example. They have Lindy Ruff. The guy's like 70 and he's coaching a rebuilding team and they're embarrassing. Yeah, like, can't have that, that. yeah, that's just not a good fit. Then then you have like the opposite. Someone like Bruce Boudreaux, who was out for a few years, kind of uh, looked at the game at a different way, took all the analytics into it when he took the job in Vancouver. Now they're on the rise and much better than they were early in the year. Yeah. So it's like either guys change or you get new people, women, men, whatever in these hmm. roles you just pick the most qualified people essentially yeah and the, i guess the other side of the spectrum is jeremy Colton, where he was very young going i think he was 33 but obviously didn't work out um because he wasn't able to adapt i guess a change in his system he kept the same system tried the same players and then his management tried getting old players that <laughs> were there 10 years ago and just didn't work out so i mean a disaster there in chicago but yeah, I would like to see a trend shift in the NHL where we have former players kind of succeed in the roles that they have, especially St. Louis, for sure. Yeah. All right, that was a packed episode, uh, to say the least. And the trade deadline's not for, like, another month. A month and, like, two weeks. We mentioned that last uh, last episode. That is ridiculous. We had the NBA trade deadline that was packed today, and then we're having a month and two weeks away from the NHL trade deadline, so... Dubas already said he likes to get his trades done a bit earlier, so maybe we see a Leafs trade within the next three weeks. I don't know. but mm-hmm. Yeah, like, again, I don't know why it wasn't changed. Like, just change it to, like, Mark. Mark that's, what I'm th- that's what you're talking about. They don't move. Like, I know. It's, it's still three weeks away, roughly. Like, just do it. Like, you already know what your team is right now. You don't need an extra month and a half to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, yeah, with the Olympics, they're not going. They haven't really adapted to the switch that they should have already adapted to because it doesn't make sense for players to not get traded for another month. Um, but that's yeah. just our part of the story. Uh, that's it from us. Do you have anything other other words you want to say? The Habs are down two nothing in Marty's debut. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> two goals in 20 seconds. That's primo for you. Is he playing again? Yep, I don't know why. He has been awful all year except for like three or four games. He's clearly not ready. Um, <laughs> just put Montemblo in or McNiven. Like Primo is just not good right now. Like stop throwing him out there. That's true. But if you want, if your goal is to lose games, get that first pick, I think that's what you got to do. Play, Keep playing Primo. Okay, fine. And just ruin his confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll never be a star. And then he'll be a Fukali signs for Washington and becomes a star. There we go. Beautiful, yeah. We love it. All right. That is it for end to end. We will be back. Hopefully next week. Join us then. Woo!